Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm Tom Busby, CNBC Radio. Stocks end the day mixed with shares of tech companies and consumer staples on the rise, but shares of energy companies closing lower again. That's after oil was down another dollar a barrel. U.S. stockpiles of crude rose by nearly 8 million barrels last week. On Wall Street, the Dow was down 40 Four points. The Nasdaq, though, added 18, hitting a fresh 15-year high and up seven straight sessions. Walmart, the biggest decliner in the blue-chip Dow, it fell 3%. Sales rose last quarter after declining for eight quarters in a row, and it made $5 billion in profit. But it's also spending a billion dollars to raise wages for half a million workers to $9 an hour in April, and after some training, to 10 bucks an hour one year from now. At least there was some good economic data out today. First-time jobless claims down by 21,000 last week. And a read on leading economic indicators for this month was higher, a little bit slower than forecast, but at least it was up. I'm Tom Busby, CNBC. Have you had trouble with online dating? This is eHarmony founder Dr. Neil Clark Warren. We've created a new solution, EH+. EH Plus combines the personal attention of a matchmaker with eHarmony's extensive pool of great singles. EH Plus gives you hand-selected matches and freedom from being online. Get started today. Call 855-930-LOVE. That's 855-930-LOVE. Hey, neighbor. Ace's 20% off storewide sale is this Saturday only. So stop by your neighborhood Ace to get 20% off almost anything store-wide that you can fit in your bag, from paint to birdseed to light bulbs. It's our way of saying thanks for being great neighbors. Offer good at participating Ace stores only. Discount applies to the regular price of in-stock merchandise that fits inside one bag. Additional conditions and exclusions apply. See store for details. One bag per customer. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. CNBC Headline News is brought to you exclusively by West Coast Auto, located at 5180 Holt Boulevard in Montclair, where you'll find the widest selection of the most pristine used automobiles in Southern California. Are you looking for a car, truck, or SUV without changing your finances? A place to go where the staff treats you like family? Well, look no further than West Coast Auto in Montclair. West Coast Auto has the biggest and widest variety of cars, trucks, and SUVs in Southern California. Get yourself in a new car with no payments due for the first 90 days. Credit not that great? No worries. West Coast Auto will help you get into your dream car or truck at a rate that is second to none. For more information, call 909-9MILLION. That's 909-9MILLION. Or visit their website at westcoastauto.com. This report is brought to you by the Foundation for a Better Life. Winston Churchill's words stirred his country in the face of defeat. Today, they inspire us to reach for our own victories. Commitment. Pass it on. From the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. From the KCAA Weather Center, I'm Tom Ladd. For today, it'll be mostly sunny, high near 78 with a southeast wind at 5. Partly cloudy tonight, low around 50 degrees. The outlook for Friday, mostly sunny, high near 72, a calm wind at 5 miles per hour to the west. Patchy fog after 10 Friday night, otherwise partly cloudy, low around 48 degrees. And patchy fog before 10 a.m. Saturday, otherwise mostly sunny. Expect a high near 59. That's your weather forecast for this hour. From the station, that leaves no listener behind NBC News Radio AM 1050 KCAA. 
From the KCAA Community Calendar, I'm Brett Malik. The Rotary Club of Redlands announces their 30th annual Red Wine and Blues fundraising event on Saturday, March the 28th from 4 to 7 p.m. at the Redlands Country Club. This annual event raises funds for youth scholarships, books and dictionaries for local students, programs for teens and handicapped adults, music and speech competition awards, and many other community service and improvement projects. The 30th annual Red Wine and Blues event will include wine tasting from some of the finest wineries in California, international food stations, spectacular desserts, and jazz music provided by area musicians. Exciting live and silent auction items will also be available. That's the 30th annual Red Wine and Blues fundraising event, Saturday, March the 28th from 4 to 7 p.m. at the Redlands Country Club. For more information, contact the Rotary Club of Redlands at redlandsrotary.org or call 909-798-0953. That's your look at the KCAA Community Calendar. I'm Brett Malik. This report is brought to you by the Foundation for a Better Life. Winston Churchill's words stirred his country in the face of defeat. Today, they inspire us to reach for our own victories. Commitment. Pass it on. From the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. What have I learned so far? I've learned that there is no one path that's right for everyone. I've learned that without my high school diploma, I can only do so much. My options were limited. I found a free personalized learning program with Learn for Life that is a flexible schedule so I could keep my job while earning my high school diploma. I found new career training opportunities that would jumpstart my future. What have I learned so far? I've learned that I can change my life. Are you 14 to 19 years old and looking for a free high school diploma program with flexible meetings? times this program allows you to keep your job or important family responsibilities while earning your high school diploma if you've fallen behind on credits or dropped out of school completely get back on track with free tutoring a caring faculty and one-on-one attention for more information on how to reach your graduation goal visit learnforlife.org that's l-e-a-r-n the number four l-i-f-e dot o-r-g or enroll today by calling 877-360-LEARN that's 877-360-LEARN Learn. KCAA and KCAA Internet Television, the station that leaves no listener and no viewer behind. Welcome to Smart Health Talk with your host, Elaine McFadden. Welcome to Smart Health Talk with your host, Elaine McFadden. Welcome, everyone, to Smart Health Talk radio show. And this is the place. This is the place if you want to hear the truth about what's going on in our food. Because I tell you, what we talk about here, you don't hear other places. But you do hear it on uh, Smart Health Talk because we want you to be able to make educated decisions that are going to help you protect your family and your own health and your own body because if you don't stay healthy, who is going to take care of your family? So, you know, it works both ways and, you know, you take care of your family, but you have to take care of yourself too. And it's, if you start with yourself, you'd be surprised that you can start to influence all the people around you. And I want to say hi to our, to my, I call her my (laughs) co-anchor. 
<laughs> but really, I, she's a, she, she just got her own anchor job at yes. a local cable station. Congratulations, Thank Mia. Thank you. I am so proud of you, Thank and you. they are so lucky to have you. That is so sweet, and I want to have you on as well. So remember, I've been telling you that. So I believe in what you're doing. You do an awesome job, and so I want to do reports on what you're doing, you lady. Yeah, so everyone's going to have to tune into that. Now, can they, wa- can they watch those shows um, yes, I'll online? Yes, inf- absolutely. It's just kvvb.tv. V as in Victor. So K Victor Victor B as in ball, dot okay. TV. Okay, and that's uh, on at what time? It's on at 6 o'clock and 10 o'clock uh, Monday through Friday. It's actually seven days a week, but uh, the weekends are recaps. So you'll be on more than just one time, Elaine. Oh, okay, so, great. Yeah. Is, is that 6 o'clock in the morning? No, or? the evening. I'm sorry. Oh, Thank six, you for that. Yeah, six, 6 and 8 o'clock at night. Yeah, 6 and 10 o'clock. Oh, 10 o'clock. 6 and 10 o'clock at night. Okay, Mm -hmm. great, great. So, yeah, we'll be doing uh, some nutrition segments together. Which I want, yes. Yeah, which I am so glad because I wish I could do more of that on the show here. You Uh, do such a great job. And you had me thinking, I'm telling you, you do more than you know. Okay, so well that's like, good. It's, it's not that on. complicated, you know. It's it, and it's it's kind of I repeat myself a lot because I'm I'm repeating the most important things. And that's good. Repetitive yeah. is good. Because you know, people have to hear things sometimes like right. 13, 20 times sure. before it like sinks in because they have so much pre-programming. Of course. From all the commercials that they watch and all yes. the things that they hear other places when they're not tuning in to Smart Health Doc right, exactly. right here on KCA 10:50 a.m. <laughs> and I hope Everyone's going to be tuning into this show through the whole show because we have some incredible people on. Yeah, I see that. Yes, you do. Yes, we have actually a man who is a senior scientist. He's retired, but he was a senior scientist from the EPA. So we're going to get some inside info on what goes on at the EPA, which I am very excited to hear about. But this man is helping a group up in Oregon. And I tell you, this group is just such an incredible group. I mean, they are, you know, they're they're in a a small county called Jackson County, Oregon. Okay. And they decided, you know, that they didn't want to risk contaminating their fields and their, and their, their produce. Really? uh, Because of a nation. Neighbor okay, all right. growing GMOs oh, and the no. contamination of the pollen coming over yes. and the pesticides and then their products test out that they have GMOs in them, which actually puts them in a really bad oh, position yeah. because they could be sued by Monsanto for um, patent infringement just by having someone else's pollen come into oh, their Elaine. field. Yes, and lose their and so, some really horrible things happen to these farmers last year that really got them wanting to pass legislation to Mm -hmm. make their entire county GMO free. Oh, good for them. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, you know, at less than 160 farms altogether and 150 said, Hey, we want GMO free. Right. Oh, good. But guess all the biotech. Yes. Are coming after these farmers and trying to reverse what they're trying to do there. Can you believe it? These big, these multinational, you know, international, multi-billion-dollar companies are scared. Oh. They are scared of little Jackson County, Oregon, because what they're doing over there is pretty damn important. Apparently, yeah, I because can see why? Yeah, it they're standing important. up to them. Wow, they're standing up and passing laws. So this group is just an incredible group of heroes to me, yes. and brave and fighting this fight. Yes. And they are setting a precedence um, for the entire country. That's what they're worried about. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's why this is such a great story, everybody. And this is what I mean. I find this group like so inspirational because they are showing the rest of us Mm -hmm. what it means to be Americans. Right. We we stand up for our rights rights. in America. When people start trying to take away our livelihood, Mm -hmm. when they start trying to take away our health and contaminate, you know, the food that our and the water. Excuse me, the water. Oh, yeah, the water, too. You know, all of these things, you know, that they are in, they are involved, you know, when you, when you start to introduce these things, Mm -hmm. like GMOs and pesticides, people are not realizing the overall impact that it's really having. They think of it as just this finite type of thing that's contained. Mm -hmm. And that is so far from the truth. Mm -hmm. And the fact that the USDA is approving GMO trees. 
I mean, these are things, you know, all of this stuff. They just approved a GMO apple, which I am livid about. And I have written an article. I got up. It was in my brain all night. I wrote an article. I can't wait. I'm going to put it up on the same page with this this story right here. But you – it, it is what it comes down to is people are being ripped off yes. in a major way for nutrition. Mm. We are setting things up for even more pesticide use mm. and contamination of the food we're eating. Yeah. And it is, it is all comes down to supporting the fast food industry. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The USDA, the government is supposed to be watching out for us. Who are they watching out for? They are not watching out for us. So we better start watching out for For ourselves. Yeah, Yeah. you can't sit around and just think, oh, the government's Mm -hmm. taking care of me. No, Mm -hmm. no, that is not happening. See, and you're bringing it. You go, girl. That's right. And I I, I can't wait to hear this whole story. I can't wait. This is like going to be like better than a movie. Okay. Everyone has to stay tuned every single minute of this show. Okay. Do not leave. Don't leave. Because this group, Elise... We have Elise, and then yeah. we have, you know, Dr. Ray, uh, S- S- I think it's uh, Seidler. I'm going to ask him then when we get him Professor. on here. Professor. Okay, yeah, Professor. so he's probably even a doctor. I don't know because we haven't, we haven't really officially met, just a quick little email. So oh, we're all going to get to know each other here. Yeah, yeah this is going to be great. So I, we have them both on the line, right, yeah. Mia? Yeah. Okay, we have them both on the line. Okay, well, I want to welcome Elise and Ray, and I want you um, to Smart Health Talk. Welcome, everybody. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Thank you. Hi, Elaine. This is Ray. Yay, Ray. So nice of you to join us, both of you, and share your story and your fight over there in Jackson County, Oregon. And yeah. We're <laughs> that- small but mighty. That's right. Small but mighty. I love that. I love that tagline there. I, we're going to have to repeat that several times through the show today. Small but mighty, everybody. Jackson Jackson County. Um, and it's so weird because I was watching um, the show Perception and like Jackson was like uh, something that he was like trying to remember when he was in a coma. And then it turns out we have Jackson County on our show here. And I, I like that show. But it was weird. As I was thinking, you know, oh, that was like all about Jackson, too. So, you know, I think it's a sign. It's a sign, you know, that we, we are onto something here. We are onto something like really big that comes from a small county. And you know what? You know what, uh, Ray and Elise? I think, I think that it's um, the fact that you guys are small that makes what's going on so obvious. And um, I just want to, I want you both to just have a chance to introduce yourselves and, you know, give everyone uh, kind of a, a little synopsis on, you know, what you do, how you're involved, what the name of your organization is. And then we'll get get on to some of the nitty gritty of what's going on there in, in Jackson uh, County, Oregon. So go ahead and introduce, introduce yourselves. Go ahead, Elise, you can start. Okay. Hi, my name is Elise Bigley, and I'm the director of Our Family Farms Coalition in Jackson County, Oregon. Woo-woo! <laughs> and um, I also have a farm here in Jackson County, and my husband and I farm on 113 acres. That's awesome. And so you, how long have you been farming, Elise? Um, we've been farming for about 10 years and about four years full-time. And, and how do you guys feel about it? About farming? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, wonderful. Obviously, it's, you know. And raising your family. You're probably raising your family. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, feel really fortunate that we have the ability to, um, you know, be able to grow good, healthy food for our community. And um, we feel like it's a big responsibility. Thank you. um, Yeah. That's what I try to get, help people to understand, you know. And we're, especially people that try to, uh, they they try to uh, dilute uh, or, you know, the, the, uh, significance of organic or try to 
you know, make us put doubts in our mind on whether, you know, the, the food is really organic. When we have people like you that take this so seriously, I mean, you look at yourselves as someone that has a responsibility for feeding families. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a big responsibility. And that's why you chose organic. And that's why I am on the show right now talking about this because I, I have no desire to be poisoning people. With and I and I understand the importance of food and health and and that's why you know more than anything I want people to have the absolute best healthiest food that they could have and when you grow organic I mean it's just so different um, the taste the way it looks I almost I know this probably sounds crazy but to me I have seen organic food that literally glowed with health you know just the it was so fresh and so and. The the nutrients just seem to make it glow compared to other food. Because people, you know, you look at people, you talk about people and you say, oh, they have such, you know, their skin just glows, you know. (laughs) Why can't produce glow? (laughs) It does, yeah. But I just want to put a plug in for all the non-certified farmers as well, um, you know, just to know that, you know, it's all about people's growing practices. They don't need to be certified organic to have really super healthy um, practices and produce. So we have, I think it's all about knowing your farmer and who's growing the food. That's a really good point. And um, I, I definitely know my farmer, she delivers to my house uh, with uh, her two kids who are homeschooled. And I, I, I share with people on what a great feeling it is to have her feed me and then for me to be supporting her family and knowing where my money is going. It's going right. to that family. It's not going to Walmart and some big corporation. Uh, it is going to that family, and it's just the best feeling. I absolutely love it. And the stuff that they bring me, oh, my gosh, it is just, like, the best. So um, I want also want to welcome, uh, a prof- and it's Professor, is it Snigler? Is that how you say it? No, you had it right earlier. Uh, it's Seidler. Okay, right? Seidler. Okay, I wasn't looking at it. I was like going from memory <laughs> the second time. And uh, tell us about yourself, um, Ray. Yeah, Elaine, uh, um, I guess I went to uh, higher universities for about 11 years to train and then 30-some-odd years as, uh, as a scientist working to bring me where I am today. So trust me, I'm not anti-science. I'm not anti-biotechnology. I love the medical applications as an example. But I am anti-hype. I am against lies. I believe in the truth and believe what is right. And when Elise mentioned, you know, let's not leave out the traditional farmers, I, I just wanted to remind everyone that when we talk about genetically engineered crops, we talk about crops that are designed for one purpose, and that is to withstand, to tolerate direct application of multiple pesticides during their growth cycle. We're not talking about hand-picking weeds. We're not talking about spraying before the seeds go in the ground. We're talking about seeds that are coated with neurotoxins to kill insects. We're talking about chemicals that are shot into Mother Earth at the time the seeds are planted. And now this year we're going to be talking about food crops that receive not only Roundup or the active ingredient glyphosate, but they'll also receive 2,4-D or a a likely carcinogen called ISOX. Uh, or other newly approved, recently approved pesticides. So, you know, this is, this is, if there ever was an opposite mirror image of organic, that would be genetically engineered crops. Well, I, yeah, I hear what you're saying, Ray. And, um, you know, the, the, the way that I look at things too is, uh, when we look at how our dollars are spent, taxpayer dollars on the farm bill, it's very upsetting when less than 1% of the billions go to fruit and vegetable farmers because people, you know, they're like, well, gosh, I'd like to eat more fruits and vegetables and we'd like to have more organic, but 
the the thing is, we don't have any support with our taxpayer dollars because they're used on things that support really the fast food industry. And um, the fact that, you know, no money goes to research. We have... Well, go ahead. I, I, one, of, one of my uh, concerns is that uh, so many uh, of us don't uh, key in on the fact that, sure, okay, maybe a little bit expert for food that's not going to kill us, that is not going to give us a chronic disease that we suffer on day in and day out. We're not going to be overloading with sugar. We're not going to be obese. We're not going to have diabetes to treat, and hopefully we'll have a lower incidence of cancer. That is so exactly it. You, that is exactly it. And, and it's, it's, it's not just that, but, um, you know, and those are all like important things, but it's, it's, it's increasing access. And plus, well, a, a point that I wanted to make is that I heard, a, I heard another professor talking and he said that we are actually paying less for food than at any time in history. Um, and it's because of these subsidies and people are being swayed to buying uh, the cheap food that is made with the subsidies and instead of, you know, the true cost of food. We're not, um, yeah. we're not reflective of the true cost of food and people are buying all this other stuff, you know, and like you said, they're spending money, their dollars on things that aren't adding to their health. Uh, they're going to fast food restaurants, you know, they're buying processed foods that are more expensive and just instead of just plain real foods. And we've lost a lot of the skill just to get in the kitchen and, and cook up something simple and something I brought today that um, was delivered by my farmer, um, that my CSA farmer. Uh, is some kale, and um, I, I mean, this took me like less than five minutes to make. Uh, all I did was take the kale, I, I sliced it up, I threw it in a bowl, I put a, a couple tablespoons of olive oil and tossed it up and threw it on a, on a pan and spread it out and stuck it in the oven and made some kale chips, which, I mean, to me, that's a really great way to get kids kind of into greens, you know, as a great introduction, because they, they know the chip. They... Uh, Elaine, buy some uh, 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 GMO-produced crop and lay it right next to the comparable species of a, of a organic crop. Uh, look at the differences in the color, the firmness, and then uh, get real close and notice that there's actually uh, very likely to be a pleasant fragrance associated with your organic food, and you'll be very, very lucky <laughs> if there's anything beside the whiff of a pesticide associated with a genetically in- engineered crop, and I'm sorry I'm being cynical, I shouldn't be laughing. No, but- no, that's a good point, and I never really, I never really thought about telling people to sit and really, you know, be like a little bit of a scientist. And I'm, you know, I'm like you. I actually love. I'm a dietitian. I have a master's in public health, and I love science. And that's what I was doing uh, practically all day yesterday. I was reading all kinds of research, um, you know, about this GMO apple and, you know, like, how do they get it to stop brownies? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. You know, I, it was fascinating. And I learned so much about the great things that happen in, like, just a real organic apple. And let's face it, what, what would everyone say was the standard of the best quality fruit that you could possibly have? What, what would people, how would they answer that? They would say, you know, a piece of fruit that, okay, even if it's not certified organic, as I totally understand what Elise is saying too, but it, you know, it was grown in a way where, you know, it didn't end up with all these pesticides on it. And, you know, you hear something like, <clears throat> oh, there's, <clears throat> excuse me, like 35 pesticides, you know, on, on one piece of fruit. And you're just like, how can that even be that you look at the... You look at the scheduling of, oh my gosh, did, was that Becky that yes, was just here? Oh, yes. oh I can't believe it. Oh, she, she rushed off. Yes, oh, you should see great. all the great stuff. My um, The CSA was delicious. so great. She just brought me another bag of greens for our, um, oh, and some fresh herbs. And I mean, it, it's just so incredible. And like what you said, it's a, it's a totally different um, color, texture. Like the when she brings me the celery, I can't believe the color of it. It's like it's an organoleptic, organoleptic experience. <laughs> oh, that is that what it is? <laughs> okay, we'll have to add that to the dictionary. That's a new word, everybody. <laughs> I love I love that, Elise. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, um, okay, well, we, you know, we, we kind of, you know, talked a little bit about, uh, you know, organic food, the differences, uh, a little bit about where you guys come from. And so, you know, why don't you tell me, like, what happened? So I guess, like, a big thing that was a big trigger for you guys over in Oregon was the discovery of GMO wheat that didn't even belong there. And that was kind of a big trigger that set out set about a cascade of different events um, that put a lot of farmers in a bad position in Oregon. Elise, would you like to handle that question? Go ahead, go ahead, Rick. Yeah, it wasn't specifically with us. There were there were farmers in our area that were affected by the sales, but that was a different part in Oregon. I can tell you about how our ordinance and how our story started a little bit. Sure, go ahead. Yeah. Um, well, basically, um, I'll let Ray tell the wheat story and the economics of that, but um, basically there is a farmer here um, in our county that um, was growing um beet seed and realized that um, a Swiss-owned company, Syngenta, was growing in uh, contamination distance from him and went to the county for some help because there were supposed to be guidelines on where they were supposed to plant and they were supposed to alert other farmers that they were planting in that area if they were because of contamination issues, and uh, that wasn't happening. Um, He went to the state and the federal government and basically was directed and just the only thing we could do to protect ourselves as farmers was to create an ordinance that would, you know, stop the cultivation of genetically engineered crops in our county. And so that's what he did. His name is Chris Hardy, and he's a super amazing uh, farmer in our area and um, gathered signatures and educated people over a couple of years on the threats of genetically engineered crops have on our local farmers here and um, got the measure on the ballot. And we really fought hard. We had, of course, the chemical companies, you know, rose to their uh, traditional methods of fear tactics and tried to scare the public of costs and all of, you know, all the things that they do. Yeah, let's talk talk about that because, you know, we're in California here and we kind of went through a similar situation uh, with you guys with our Prop 37 uh, GMO labeling bill. And I just could with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details not believe all of the commercials by you know biotech industry they spent millions of dollars and it was so close the and plus ballots disappeared um you know all these things happened but you know these these companies they set out that they want to win and they're willing to spend whatever money because they know that certain things are setting a precedence that once one state does it it can spread to other states and then become federal law. And we know we've, we've seen it with things like smoking on airplanes, which actually right. started in California, and now it's like international. You know, <laughs> like we were like the first ones to do it. But, um, you know, so, you know, they try to stop this stuff before it gets any further, and they they do use certain tactics. Now, I love what you were telling me about your commercials because i know what like our commercials i actually have a shrine on our website it says opponents of of gmo labeling and i have all kinds of you know information on ads they were doing and and the scare tactics to us and that's one of the things that they really like to pound into people's heads and scare and intimidate them with and that is this is going to cost you money this is going to cost extra money. Now, what were they saying to the people of, of Oregon, Jackson County, um, about what was going to happen if you guys allowed your county to be a GMO-free zone? No, libraries were going to close, right, Ray? Sheriff's Department would... <laughs> really? Libraries were going to close? The chef's de- Sheriff's Department was going to close? What else? We, we cannot afford to pass this measure... We couldn't. We wouldn't be able to grow strawberries in our county. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, and, uh, it, and you know the reason why I jumped in here. I wanted just to share 
Uh, there was a time when I got up in, in, in front of the audience and talked science to them, and I, there was another time that happened when I got so tired of the ridiculous lies and the advertisements, I, I just had to get up and, and then start talking in a different way to the audience to explain why uh, they were being lied to. You know, it kind of got me away from the scientific approach a little bit, but it, it just angered me so much to have to listen to the down, outright lies. And Elaine, you just described what happened in California, which is a mirror image of what happened here in the county. It's a pattern. It's They definitely use this pattern. I know they used it for your GMO labeling bill in Oregon and then Washington, um, you know, the same, same kind of ads. Uh, the, this is, you know, they find a formula that works and they stick with it. And yeah. tell us, um, Elise, I love how you say tell the story, but tell what was happening with the the strawberry commercials. They they just to, like totally get me. Um, what were they What were they saying oh, about the strawberries? Just you know the hands, the hands, the two hands holding a beautiful, you know, cupping strawberries and saying that this wouldn't be able to be grown in our county anymore oh my gosh you're never going to be able to have strawberries again and you know you know what's so funny Elise is that we've had uh, one of the online editors from O'Dale on our show who told us never eat conventional strawberries or any berry that is conventionally grown because of the the methyl bromide and the methyl iodide pesticide is like so bad that they were using on that that you shouldn't even put it in your body at any time whatsoever and so they're showing those strawberries and they're probably the kind that have you know that pesticide on there right. like like anyone really wants those friggin' strawberries right. you know? but you know they're yeah. so they're threatening it they're almost making it like oh my gosh you're never going to get to have strawberries again and you know they they must that they know that people do love strawberries and they'll be like, Oh my gosh, you know, the, uh, they're past this and, and the price of strawberries is going to skyrocket. I'm not going to be able to have any, mm-hmm. um, you know, little things I, of, of fear. Right. Right. Little and pe- I think what go- made us so, um, so successful in, in being able to tell the truth behind it was we didn't have the money to, we couldn't match the money that they were spending in their advertising and to their fight, but what we did have was the power of the people. And so by educating and talking to people, you know, our neighbors, and I think, like you said, at a local level, that's really powerful. And we were able to really tell the truth, and we were connected, just like, you know, your farmer who just dropped off your CSA. We yes. We were able, as farmers, to talk to our customers to buy the food about how this really affects us and how, you know, when... Uh, genetically engineered crops are being grown within miles of our farm. We're not able to save our seed anymore, um, which can mean thousands and thousands of dollars for a farm a year, not to mention that it's our right to be able to save our seed. Um, you know, all these things that made, you know, sense to people, and it was non-political. It was, um, you know, all parties were involved and um, participated, and it was just really wonderful to bring the community together and support. And that the more money that came in almost became more ridiculous, and people saw it, and they saw it. We just always would say, you know, when people question, look back to where the money came from, you know? Do you believe the largest chemical companies in the world, or do you believe the farmer that's growing your food? Yeah, like so, they were spending all this money acting like they were all concerned about the people in Jackson County having to spend more money and not having strawberries. Like, they really give a care. No, that is not what they care about. They don't care about how much extra money you're having to spend out of your pocket. They care about the fact that you guys are setting a precedence for the rest of the country. And I loved what uh, this one quote that I got from your website about a conservative Republican uh, saying, you know, uh, that that these costs uh, they're threatening, you know, are are threatening farmers and and farmers' rights, and it's just pure political bull. And I love that. (laughs) He said it like it is. It's pure political bull, everybody. And so, you know, I hope I hope everyone is like not going to leave us for the show because we still have, you know, a good 25 minutes here to to talk. And even if you're in your car, you can always turn in to KCAAradio.com and watch us use stream. I'm right here in the studio. You can tune in and see my my red hair. I'm now a redhead, that's for sure. Um, and then, uh, you know, and listen to our entire show. Uh, our podcasts go up right after the show, but we'll definitely be 
putting this on our website as well. And um, this is just, you know, one of the most interesting subjects of all, because we are talking about the rights as an American and the rights, you know, to set to set, you know, guidelines for your own county that you're you're the people in your county came together and they said, you know, this is how we want it. And you went with the majority. You followed all the rules. You did things like you were supposed to do it. And I do want to, um, I do want to get back to Ray and I want to talk about the other, um, financial aspect and the other part of what kind of pulled a trigger on some things, which was the finding of the, the GMO wheat, which was national news. Uh, you know, we were all talking about it on Facebook and pinning pins and all that kind of stuff because we're just like, whoa, you know, but I, you know, Ray, I was like doing when I, the research that I was doing yesterday, I learned a shocker. I mean, it was literally thousands of GMO test plots going on in this country at simultaneously. We have GMO test plots all over the friggin' place, thousands of them. That is correct. Wow. You know, and, and these, are, these are GMOs that are, we're, and pesticides we're testing. You know, we don't, we don't really even know. They haven't done, when, when they're getting to that point where they're doing it, field testing, I mean, is there, has there been some sort of safety test uh, done before you're bringing it out in the open and exposing, you know, the neighboring uh, residents uh, to these experimental pesticides. Because I we had Babes Against Biotech on our show, and they were talking about experimental fields in Hawaii that are directly across the streets from from schools, and these kids were literally being exposed to pesticides. They were having continual nosebleeds. They were passing out, and then their parents would take them to the hospital, but because it was an experimental pesticide, the company was not obligated to tell the doctor what exactly was in that pesticide that that child was exposed, and I just could not believe this was happening. So, I mean, is this, does that make sense to you? Is this something that you have heard of as well, Ray? Um, well, of course, uh, what you just said is true. And it, no, it doesn't make sense that life goes on this way and that uh, industry is allowed to do these kinds of things to our children and expose our kids and uh, our pregnant uh, better halves and, and all of the rest. No, it doesn't make sense. Um, I, I have participated in a number of experimental tests, and that's what they are. And, you know, you need to, to understand what the word is that you're saying. It is an experiment. And not all experiments work, not all are successful, and not all experiments turn out uh, as, as you may wish or, or hope that they do. What, what is done before it gets to the outdoor uh, environment, of course, is very much dependent upon what is the nature of the trait, the genetic trait that has been put into a plant, and uh, it is reviewed extensively by scientists, but unfortunately the scientists that do all of these reviews don't work for the federal government. Uh, they work for the industry. Uh, and and uh, there are documented cases in which there has been cross-pollination events where the pollen has gone from a genetically engineered plant uh, over to feral or wild naturally occurring plants, whether it be grass or alfalfa or canola or sugar beet, the, the list goes on and on. Now, as we speak, all over the world, there are these experiments that are continuing, even though the mother experiment is long since gone, the experiment is still going on out in Mother Nature. Let me give you two examples. Let's talk about uh, the wheat situation that happened uh, in Oregon. Here's what happened, and here are the financial consequences. 
an eastern Oregon farmer, which is roughly of the order of, what, at least 200 miles or so away from where we are talking from now in southern Oregon, uh, discovered some wheat plants in his mega acreage that didn't die when, when he sprayed everything with Roundup. Uh, and it turned out, long story short, those were genetically engineered wheat plants. And to this day, no one knows where those seeds came from and how they got to eastern Oregon because it had been almost 10 years since the last experiment was conducted in that general area. So they are these kinds of conversations often leave out one important parameter uh, that must be discussed. There are buyers of these crops, whether the crops go for grain or go for being, go for uh, seeds that are planted in your backyard. There are people who don't wish to buy genetically engineered materials. Those include the people in the Orient who would be receiving uh, wheat exported from Oregon. Well, when the genetically engineered wheat was discovered, those exports immediately shut down. Japanese and the South Koreans and the Taiwanese did, said, wait a minute, we don't want genetically engineered grain in our country. But we have a farmer, a local farmer, here in Jackson County, and as I said, 200 miles away from the event that happened in eastern Oregon. Our local farmer was not even growing genetically engineered wheat. It was a traditional crop. But when the announcement came, there was a contamination event 200 miles away. The trucks that hauled the wheat to the silos stopped running. The silos stopped uh, uh, shipping out, and uh, the farmers stopped running their combines all over the state, whether it was traditional wheat or whatever. So our local farmer had to sit on his hands for about three months until the politics and the science was settled over the contamination issue 200 miles away. In the meantime, his crop got rained on and became worthless. So here's an innocent bystander that lost about $65,000 in a crop that should have gone to market. He wasn't even growing genetically engineered wheat. And he's being punished. And, and, and so what you were saying also was the fact that just because you know, this one incident, this one isolated incident of finding GMO wheat in the state of Oregon pretty much shut down the exporting of wheat for the entire state. Not pretty much. It was shut down, period. So every farmer in the state of Oregon was punished for some GMO wheat showing up. Now, I, since we're on the subject, I want to talk about something else, which is just um, makes my blood boil. Because farmers already have to take all the risk, and it's like everyone else sucks off of them to make money when they're the ones taking all the risk with weather and, you know, infestations, you know, and all the all these different things that they have to worry about. And yet, you know, we put all these other things on them, all these other risks, this whole GMO um uh, situation. It's not Monsanto that is holding the burden. They're just pocketing the profits. It is the innocent farmer that has to defend themselves over and over again. And, you know, besides this incident right here, they, you know, one of the, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, Elise, but, you know, one of the, the reasons that you guys wanted to have this legislation is because you're in constant fear that some GMO pollen is going to come into your farm, contaminate your crop, and set you set you up for some sort of patent infringement uh, suit against you. They could literally bankrupt a farm. Right, and it also makes your crop completely unsellable, both yes. legally and the desirability of it. Because, like you said. You know, the trend, thank goodness, is people being more conscious of their food and how it's grown. And so that's really, you know, where the, the markets and the high-dollar crops are for farmers. And, um, you know, with the threat of contamination, you know, you're not able to grow certain crops that um, could be contaminated, and then you're also not able to legally, legally grow your seed and save it for the following year to use it. 
Now, the GMO uh, sugar beets that kind of triggered everything in your area, Elise, and Elisa is a is a farmer from uh, from Jackson County, Oregon. For those of you that just tuned in, and uh, then we also have um, uh, Professor Ray, um, and it's nice, nice, and he he had like you know. Years and years, you know, went to, you said you went to college for like 11 years to do what you did and then 30 years of experience uh, with the EPA. So you, you pretty much seen most of what's going on out there. So I really trust anything you say. Um, But, you know, these sugar beets that you were worried because um, the sugar beet, I guess you said you couldn't grow chard and what, what else was it? Well, so any of the any of the beta family. Oh, the so beta just, family. Okay. Yeah. So it, it makes it hard um, because there's just this pipeline of other, like you're saying, the apple and all these other, you know, crops that are in the line for um, approving. And it's really scary as a farmer because, you know, obviously, like on our farm, we grow corn and we grow corn to sell at market, and we also grow, we save our seed and we sell our seed. Well, you know, we're not going to waste our land and our resources, our time, our water to grow a crop that can be potentially contaminated. And so that's where it really puts farmers in the, it's limiting every year um, what we can grow and save our seed for the more crops that are approved for GE. And so we just kind of had to put our foot down as farmers and say, this isn't okay. Um, We're not okay with this in our county. And where do the people see the future of our valley? Do this is your livelihood. <laughs> this is like yeah, and, how you support your family. And basically we said anybody who eats is in the game. You know what I mean? Like what do you want to eat? What do you want us to grow for you? So, you know, by 66% um, you know, voted that they, <laughs> that they care about what they eat and they want to keep farmers growing food in their area. So, and the food they, that they and want. And that's the American way. And, um, yeah. And, uh, so now we're where we, point, we, yeah, now we're this crazy point where, you know, we did everything we were supposed to do, like you said, and then we have, you know, these, these big chemical companies that are saying, wait, I think we're going to try and overturn the Democratic vote with our money. And, yeah. Um, like, that's what's happening right now. So we're in a lawsuit and we're needing help with any of that. So people are willing to reach in and just, you know, donate a dollar or two on our website. We'd really appreciate it. We have a lot of um, legal help. We have the best lawyers in the nation working for us, but it still costs money and, um, like you said, setting a precedent for everybody in the nation. We're really just helping. It's so important. It's so important what you guys are doing. And it's the, uh, tell everyone the website where they need to go. Yeah, it's um, ourfamilyfarmcoalition.org. And you need legal funds. You need, you have, these, these people are coming at you with millions of dollars, your little county, you know, that you just try to pass a law because we live in America here and say, we want to be free of this stuff. We don't want to set ourselves up where, you know, we lose seed, we lose money. We can't, you know, we don't have another way to make, make money. And we're being exposed to this stuff. Um, and, you know, you try to just, you know, have your little county be a GMO-free county, and here comes, and not just one. I mean, there's like five of the big biotech companies are all focused on Jackson County, Oregon, and we're going to stop this legislation, and we're going to spend whatever money. We're going to spend a million dollars or whatever, and we're going to stop them. We're going to sue them. We're going to take them to court and 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 put an end to this pretty much, which is like taking away our rights as Americans and being able to make these choices and have a vote and, you know, determine how we want to live. And they're taking away all of these rights with their money. Like corporate can just come in and tell us what to do. And that is what is like so wrong about the situation. And, you know, you guys, um, a big thing, the reason that you need uh, the legal defense funds is because, you had passed all this, everything was said and done, and then they, a couple of farmers came, and which they probably, you know, had a, had a part in that, too. Well, they um, have the most expensive lawyer in the state, so I'm sure that they weren't able to. Oh, they that. have the most expensive <laughs> lawyer, yeah. And, and so a couple of farmers are like, oh, we want to grow GMO alfalfa. Our rights are, you know, being taken away. And, you know, this isn't right. And so they use this little, this little, like, you know, little piece of uh, argument uh, to go to the judge and try to 
totally wipe out, you know, of course, their first goal is to wipe out the entire law. But something really great happened recently. And a judge made a great decision. Um, and tell everyone what that decision was. Yeah, basically, um, we filed um, our farm and uh, the farmer I told you about, Chris Hardy, who found the um, sugar beets, the GMO sugar beets being grown near his farm, and then our family farms coalition and the Center for Food Safety were allowed to intervene in the lawsuit, which means we're able to help defend it. From the, the county is actually the one being sued by the farmers. But to even have the right to defend it was like a big deal. We're really grateful that we're able to have. Yeah, because that was kind of in jeopardy a little bit there. When you went before the judge, it could have went either way. They could have, like, cited the other way. So this was a judge that did the right thing and is giving you an opportunity to come and fight for your right to have a county that's GMO-free. And we, you know, everyone listening to this, and I'm going to be promoting this everywhere that I can, uh, need to support Jackson County in this in this uh, legal battle because this is setting a precedence for the entire country on whether we are, any of us can make this decision. Not that everyone is going to want to go that way, but just to have the right to know that, Hey, we can do this. We deserve to have that right and have not have some corporation be able to just come in and take that right away from us. And that's what I, I love so much about what you guys are fighting for. Now, Ray, I wanted to, bring up something because it just it makes my blood boil like i had to watch a friggin monsanto commercial today which just like made me want to puke or like uh like zen honeycutt from moms across america say like jump up and punch the television set (laughs) 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 but um you know i see these other commercials too i just want to i've been trying to keep track i want to do like a whole segment where i just kind of challenge some of these uh television commercials that i see for the lies that that are embedded in there uh, but, you know, like I see the soda companies coming out. Oh, we are, you know, this has got, we're going, getting rid of like they're like, it's, oh, they should be so proud of themselves. They're getting away from high fructose corn syrup and we're putting real sugar in here. But, you know, the reality of what this sugar is, is actually these GMO sugar beets that we're talking about. Isn't that correct? Oh, that is absolutely correct. Okay. I, I know. I don't know of any major corporations in this country that are actually using sugarcane, which would be non-genetically engineered, to source their sugar for such things as all of the, you know, billions of dollars of junk foods that are purchased every year uh, by Americans. So let's remind your listeners also, uh, Elaine, when when uh, we all are talking about uh, sugar beets, genetically engineered sugar beets, uh, they're grown for one purpose you realize that's a genetically engineered product that is used for commercial sugar production, hence the term sugar beet. And the people that are opposing our efforts here are the sugar producers, the sugar-producing corporations, uh, uh, including uh, candy manufacturers and the, and the junk food uh, companies. These are the kinds of people that are trying to fight our efforts for a cleaner, better, more wholesome food environment. And that's why we have a whole section on smarthealthtalk.com, and I'm not trying to push candy uh, on everyone, although chocolate has some pretty good benefits, uh, especially if it's Moderate. organic. If it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, if it's organic chocolate. Um, but we do have a whole section um, because we believe, you know, that people need to put their dollars where it's doing the most good. Just like I said that I love, you know, giving my dollars to my my local farmer and and then they help to sustain my life with healthy food. And there's companies out there that they give up a higher profit margin so that they can have a, something that they feel good about selling to people that's free of all these GMOs and pesticides and chemicals and artificial flavors and colors. And so I think those companies are the ones that deserve our dollars. And the companies that I list are not part of the Big Ten is what I call them. Uh, they're not the companies that have bought up other companies just so they can get a seat on the Organic Trade Association board like Smuckers, uh, which bought like, you know, uh, Santa Cruz uh, juice, uh, that type of thing. And um, these are true organic companies. And, you know, some people are like, oh, well, you know, the 
these companies, the family-owned companies, are just going to get bought up by the big companies someday. And, you know, I don't think it has to be that way. I think I would like to see it, and we are on the road to that with organic growing so much, that why can't a true organic company expand their business by buying another organic company? And and some people are ready to kind of get out of the business. It's very – it's a – it's a lot of work, you know, to run a, any kind of food company. And, you know, why can't we have that someday where, you know, because I've worked with Nature's Path before. And, you know, they're, they they bought um, K Pasa. It's a really great tortilla chip company. And I love those chips. Um, and they're all organic, you know, non-GMO. So why, you know, why can't we have more of that going on? And that's what I want to see. So when people support these companies, it's... You know, we can make all this stuff happen. And, okay, we have a couple of um, – I really appreciate all these comments. And, you know, I would I would love to – you know, we got to have you guys back and we got to get, like, a report. Because when, when is the court date? May 26th. May 26th. And we said that that was, like, so great because everyone out there, I hope you're going to go to our website and um, right under our um, – it's, like, the second tab over. We have 10 pages of Facebook links to all different kinds of March Against Monsanto groups because on May 23rd this year is we're going to have the biggest march in history. That's what I want to see, the biggest march globally against biotech and taking over our food and our food rights. And that is, um, that's happening the 23rd, and then you go to court on the 26th. So, yeah, hopefully everyone, it's like, you know, heavy in everyone's mind, you know, the fact that we had this huge march globally saying that people don't want this. Bottom line, people don't want it, and we're just being forced. It's being forced down our throat. We're being used as lab rats as the experiments, as, like, Ray pretty much pointed out there. So, um, okay, we, we have just a couple, yep, like 30 seconds each. If you want to repeat your website or any last words. Um, yeah, we just are really urging people who are, you know, able to help and just even a dollar or two to go to our website, which is ourfamilyfarmcoalition.org, and help us with our legal defense to defend our win against the largest chemical companies in the world and protect our farms against contamination from genetically engineered crops. Grow good food. Hey, you can't spend your dollars on anything better. And what, anything else, Ray? Uh, yes, go to my Facebook page if you're interested in more science, and that would be Scientist Says No to GMOs, and then my name, Ray, R-A-Y, and Seidler, S-E-I-D-L-E-R. Okay, I'll be sure and add that on the webpage I'm going to build okay. for this broadcast, too. And I'm going to be coming and looking for you on Facebook there. <laughs> so, thank you guys so much. What a great show. I have had so much fun um, talking to you thank and you. learning. And unfortunately, it's not the best subject. that We wish everything was like butterflies and buttercups. But, uh, but Elaine, thank you for what you do. 